Football Podcast coming to you from Kowloon, Hong Kong in a week in which Kichi looked blunt but stay in the hunt after Blader puts Eastern in front and despite a goal from the man from Rio de Janeiro dreams get their tally off zero Peng Lin Lin the hero we've got all the latest from the mid-autumn matches on Tuesday plus Senior Shield games and some other stuff and we have an interview with Southern left-back Shay Spitz coming up stay with us, my name, as always, is James Legg, and I am joined, as always, by Tobias Zusa. Toby, you survived the typhoon? Yes, I did. I was not blown away, luckily, so I'm fine. How are you? Survived. Just just about. I did a little bit better than the Hong Kong football fixture schedule did. <laughs> did you enjoy the Mid-Autumn Festival? I know that you're a big fan of said festival. Yes, I certainly did. First of all, there was great football on the day after Mid-Autumn Festival, and they had a lot of mooncakes, very delicious ones. You know the lava mooncake from Mason Bakery? I've heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's really delightful. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been, you've been off to China recently to watch your other favorite team? Yeah, I have been a couple of times now. How uh, are Beijing Guan doing? Yeah, <laughs> doing just okay right now uh yeah struggling at the moment but it's always fun to go there and now it's just 45 minutes on the train yeah <laughs> another controversial topic <laughs> for the Hong Kong football <laughs> podcast to take on let's let's wave that one <laughs> so yeah first off typhoon mankut played havoc with the football over the past fortnight this you know this always happens doesn't it at the start of the season i forget every year and then every time it happens, I think, oh, yeah, the, the fixtures never really work out as you, as you thought they would. Right. How about the starting in October? <laughs> I honestly think that wouldn't be the worst <laughs> suggestion. Uh, both Kitchi's match with RNF and Easton's with Hoi King were postponed, but two of those sides did get to meet on Tuesday, the day after Mid-Autumn Festival at the Mongkok Stadium. It ended a 1-1 draw in front of a very healthy 3,500 people. You and I were amongst them. Toby, it was quite a cagey game, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Very, very even. And I even felt Eastern were the better side for most of the game. Yeah, I mean, looking at the stats, and you know, there's only so much you can read into possession stats, but they did have more of the ball than Kichi, which regardless of what you think of it, it's very rare that you see that um, at all in the Hong Kong Premier League. It was a quiet first half, which gave way to a relatively quiet second until just after the hour mark when Eastern got a penalty. Looked like quite a dodgy decision. To me, Kim Bong Jin was judged to have brought down Manuel Blader just inside the box. Anyway, that was almost immaterial as Blader's kick was excellently saved by Wang Zhenpeng. But from the resulting corner, swung in by former Kichi man Lam Kar Wai, Blader and redemption heading in for 1-0. Of course, after that, it was mostly Kichi they sent on Jordi, Yuto Nakamura and Ju Yingji to try and grab an equaliser. And in the 87th minute, they did just that. Joseph Tadic tapping in after some good work in the Eastern box by Tonkin Man. That's his first goal for Kichi. Competitive goal, anyway. 1-1 it ended. Classic Kichi snatching a result late on from the jaws of defeat. Yeah, but it has to be said, they looked a bit flat. Yeah, they, they didn't have that kind of incision that they had last season. Of course, they are lacking their player of the season from last year, Christian Vadoc. He's left. They were also without their other most dynamic player, Fernando. He was injured for this one. He was watching it from the stands. And the thing is, this was the case against Lee Mann on the first game of this season as well. They just have a lot of the ball. They're moving it around in safe areas. But once they try and move it into the final third, it just... There isn't quite that spark or imagination that we've associated with Kitchi over the past 
two or three years. Is this going to be a theme or do you think this is just early season stiffness? Well, I think that the absence of Fernando really plays a big role in this. You can see that they're not that dangerous anymore in attack. Lucas Silva doesn't get the balls that he needs in front to be really dangerous. And of course, the absence of Christian Vladoc. And you can see that Momo Sissoko is not able to fill out this role. Uh, generally, maybe the expectations were much higher on him. I feel that he doesn't really live up to that at the moment. And yeah, we will see if, if Kitschi will have him for an entire season or if they might look for a replacement, particularly when they're approaching in the ACL. Uh, one more thing that I actually want to point out is that I was quite impressed by the performance of both goalkeepers that night, both Yapung Fai and Wang Chenpeng. Great showing. I wonder if they're maybe now extra motivated to show Gary White they might be the next number one. <laughs> but really really great saves throughout the entire game yeah i thought yap did particularly well coming for a lot of interesting crosses uh he really bossed that penalty area of his and it's an interesting point that you make it's not something that i'd actually thought of the new hong kong coach gary white was in the stands and you know it seemed for you know for many years now that yapong fai is almost immovable from that position as Hong Kong's number one and as Hong Kong's captain. But, I mean, he's no longer Eastern captain. And, you know, we've been saying for a couple of seasons he hasn't been the best goalie in the league. Wang probably was last season. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out, especially for the first friendly against Thailand in a few weeks. How about Eastern? How about their performance overall? I mean, at least they didn't lose 8-1 this time like they did last time. It was a much more assured performance. Their defence really looks a lot better than it did especially for the first half of last season. Some good additions to that squad, I think. Yeah, they even started without Yusuke Igawa. Instead, we had Michelle Clayton and Jose Angel. And yeah, they look pretty solid. Generally, I think very, very impressive and a great improvement from last season. Genuine thing seems really to have things back in order. And yeah, I, I think that they might be able to, at least for a part of the season, be a proper title contender. Yeah, it's very early days, isn't it? And we are only two games in. But early signs suggest that we could have a more competitive title race than we did last season. Earlier in the day, Dreams played Taipo. This one also ended in a draw through a late equaliser. Two goals each in this one. Starman Igor Sartori opened the scoring for Taipo. He was the man from Rio de Janeiro I was referencing earlier. Uh, they were pegged back by a lovely finish by Nacho Martinez after that. And it looked like the Greens had won it with a strike from the other star man, Wong Wai. But in the 88th, young Peng Lin Lin, who had only come off the bench for his first ever appearance 10 minutes earlier, made a very nice turn and shot inside the typo box, which landed inside Lee Hon Ho's far post. I don't know anything about Peng other than He's 20 years of age. This was his first game for Dreams. And he, he's a Hong Konger, right? But I, I assume some kind of mainland connection, given his name. Not a bad point for Dreams. They're faced in three matches. Typo have drawn with Yun Long and Dreams in their opening three games. As a Typo fan, Toby, is that not a couple of disappointing draws? It's okay because they still beat Pegasus. So I'm, I'm still generally satisfied so far. Yeah, now with five points, I think still a third in the table. Although they have three games. But even then, they might still stay in the mix for quite a while. Yeah, I, I think it's maybe too early to, to really freak out about this. I wasn't I wasn't freaking out, <laughs> in fairness. I was just raising the question that maybe they should have four points more than they do. Anyway, one team we haven't mentioned so far is Southern, top of the league after just two games. They've started with two league wins against Hoi King and Dreams. They're looking steady, having welcome players like Nikola Komazec, Tikao, Diego Martins and Marco Krasic 
over the summer. I recently spoke to one of their more long-saving players, the left-back Shea Spitz, and I started by asking him how he felt about the season two games in. I mean, as a, as a start to the season, you couldn't ask for anything better. As you said, we got six points from a possible six points. Um, so as where we're stationed on the league, uh, I believe we have one goal against in those two games, so defensively strong. We've scored goals, which is great. Um, I will say that obviously the first two games weren't the strongest teams in the league. Um, so I would say we were expected um, to win those games as an objective, which we've done, um, and hopefully able to build on from that um, to when we get challenged a little bit more with some of the other games. What What is the aim overall for the, for the season? Is there a, a league position you've got in mind? Um, for us, I think it's going to be in that top three. Um, ideally where we would like to be. We have a good team. Uh, we made some good signings on the back of last season. Um, it's a good group, number of good players coming from other good teams. Um, so structurally, it's very good. Club couldn't be better how things are being managed um, from the top. And I think to finish in that top three um, would be a successful season. And then on top of that, with cups, getting into a final and hopefully getting our hands on a cup. Last season, for, from an outsider, it seemed a lot like a season of two halves. Uh, the first half was relatively poor in terms of results for Southern and then actually ended really strongly. Was there anything that changed, that clicked, or, or was it just the, the rub of the green? Uh, I mean, it's a, it could be really a multitude of, of different things. Um, the first, the season before that as well, we actually had the same same issues. We started quite poorly and ended up having a stronger end to the season. The year before, um, we finished third, so we finished a lot better. Last year was not a successful season at all. Um, we didn't hit a lot of our targets. As far as what changed, I don't think there could be any one point I could um, kind of pinpoint and say this is where things started to change. Um, so I... I really couldn't give you an answer on that one. Um, but yeah, we finished better than we did in the first half, but still not as, as good as we should have. Mm. And like you mentioned, there's been quite a lot of ins and outs, um, quite a, a lot of uh, strong signings, it looks like. How's that working out so far? Who, who looks like they're going to really... Really good. I mean, um, the foreigners that they brought in are obviously going to strengthen the team. Um, all three that we've signed... Uh, have experience and were playing last year uh, in Hong Kong so they know the league that's quite important for a foreigner um, as we talked about before it can be a very unique place to play um, with a lot of things that are done slightly differently than people are used to um, so having some experience playing in the league before getting here is is a real plus um, so I think uh, Tikao in the middle um, Diego on the uh, on the wing and Nico up front is obviously going to help us in our attacking um, side of, uh, of things with creating a lot more opportunities uh, for us in the final third. Uh, and Marco, obviously, uh, coming in as well, will be backing up in the midfield with Tikal. Um, he can play, he's actually a bit of a utility player. He can play left back, center back, midfield, um, so may pop up in a few different positions. Um, but again, there to strengthen the team experience in the league already and, and another uh, Serbian influence to give Nico and him best mates on the field there. Speaking of Komazec, who is one time Hong Kong Football Podcast Player of the Year, how's he been so far? You know, he's a very popular player in the league, well known from his time in South China. I think he's got a goal, although it was a bit of a lucky one against Tori Gang. How's he looking so far? No, he's looking good. He's um, 
yeah, he's, he's big into social media, so he's, he's, he's quite well known. He's all over his social media and his phone. Um, but he's a good bloke. He's uh, real friendly, very positive, um, good for team spirit, um, which is great. He's working hard to get uh, fit coming off the off-season, um, and no doubt he brings a lot of quality. Uh, he's got great left foot on him, um, so as far as service coming in for set pieces, anything in and around the box, you'll get on the end of, um, which will be great. So it's it's another option for us up top to uh, to finish some of those chances we're able to create. So, so far, I've seen you play, you know, normally you're the flying left back up and down, up and down the wing, but against Toy King, for example, you came in on the left, of a back three is that a conscious change which is going to be a pattern for you or to be honest it's i have no control as to where i'm going to be playing i just go on where i'm told um so much like marco i consider myself somewhat of a utility player I can play in a, a, a number of different positions to kind of pop up wherever they need me whether it's at left wing back left stopper left wing wherever it is type thing um so as far as where i like to play I, you know either one of the two um, whether it's left wing back, obviously providing a lot more opportunities up top um, to play around in the attack rather than just defending is always nice, nice change. Um, but that left stopper is a really good position. I like playing there as well because you can kind of, you have a bit more time on the ball, you can get up, uh, get your head up, assess what's going on, help organize the boys and, and that kind of thing. So either one of the two works for me. And is that having those two positions, is that a relatively new thing? Because... You know, over the past few years, you know, across all levels of football, that kind of back three with the flying fullbacks has become much more popular than, than it was. And yeah. even in Hong Kong football, that's increasingly the case. In the in the last two years, yeah, you're right. It's a lot more uh, predominantly used um, with that back five, where the, the left and right wing backs obviously play a lot higher. Um, it's, it's a good formation um, when you use it right. Uh, it, it allows you to commit more people up top. Uh, and then if need be, uh, when you're kind of under the pump a little bit, uh, to commit people further back to be able to put up a strong wall and, and defend solidly. So it's a good formation and, and when used well, um, can be really successful. Also, speaking a bit more about yourself, you've got an interesting nationality situation going on. <laughs> yeah, I'm a mutt. <laughs> <laughs> can you explain that for us? It, it, it's a, uh, there's always a long and a short answer that people ask. They say, where are you from? And it, it kind of can go one or two ways. Um, as far as my background, I was obviously born in Hong Kong, um, which contributed to some of the issues we had a few years back on the uh, the residency and who's classed as a, as a local player and that type of thing. That's obviously been hashed out since then. Um, but my parents met in Hong Kong, had both my brother and I here. Um, we were here for two years and then uh, moved on to Singapore from there and Portugal and Portugal to Australia. Uh, I spent most of my time, most of my childhood in Australia, uh, graduated from high school in Australia. And then I went to the US for university, did my four years there and started playing uh, my professional career over there. Um, as far as passports, I hold an American passport from my mother's side and a New Zealand passport from my dad's side. So it's one of those things that kind of depends on where I'm going as to which passport I'm going to use on the day, um, which is good. It allows me a bit of freedom, but it's definitely a little bit complicated at times. Yeah. And, and as far as Hong Kong is concerned, because you were born here, you're considered a domestic player. So as far as the league um, is structured and the immigration side for the league, I'm considered and classed a local player because I was born here. Um, so I don't need a passport. However, obviously, as I'm sure you know, uh, the laws got changed uh, to rectify any of the loopholes and things that they had in the past. 
Um, so now you need the passport. Um, so I'll always be deemed as a local player here in Hong Kong, which is nice for me. Um, and then still able to hold the, the dual nationality in the other countries. Mm. It's lucky you came when you did then. <laughs> yeah, very lucky. Yeah. And how, how did that come about? So how did the move to Hong Kong come? It's one of those things where it's just a small world um, and even smaller when it's in a specific industry. Um, I was playing in LA, uh, the, uh, LA Blues, and I was playing, there was a, a guy, Simon Elliott, who played for the New Zealand national team. Um, he came out and was uh, training with us during preseason. Basically, he had got in touch with Chris Killen, who's another Kiwi uh, national team player who's actually playing in China. Um, and originally, what they wanted was for me to come over uh, to China um, because they thought, obviously, I was born in Hong Kong. And again, it was some of the stipulations they didn't know. I could come to China and play as a local player. So that's kind of how it started because um, I never would have even considered Hong Kong. I you know, wouldn't have thought about it. Um, obviously, being born there, I hadn't been back since I was, you know, when I left when I was two. Um, so I had been playing in Australia and the US. So it was kind of one thing led to another. I got an email uh, from Chris that said, look, we want to bring you out to China. This is where we're at, da, 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 da. Laid it out, got to the point where um, wasn't able, it wasn't plausible for me to go to China because they looked further into depth, uh, at the laws and I got put into touch from that point with Tim Bradbury uh, here in Hong Kong who's obviously been around for a number of years um, and he sorted me out and sent me on trial to Kitchi and that's basically how my journey in, in Hong Kong started so I at the end of my season in the US flew over here for a one week or two week trial I can't remember what it was um, under Joseph when he was there signed with them um, which was great Loved my time there. Obviously had some issues with the immigration uh, problems there. Went back to the US to play for another two years. One year in LA, one year in uh, Virginia on the East Coast. And then got another call from Rangers to come back to Hong Kong. And then basically restarted the clock all over again. Mm. And how's it been? I mean, what is it? So this is your fourth season with Southern? Fourth season with Southern. Mm. Uh, fifth season back in Hong Kong um, since I left in 2013. I really like Hong Kong. Um, it's again, it's a very unique place to play um, and allows you the opportunities to do a lot more outside of football, which is great. Um, as I'm sure you know, the size of the US, size of Australia, when it comes to traveling um, in the US, we are constantly on planes um, from game to game, going from even our closest games, we're on a, a sleeper bus for six to seven hours. Um, so it takes it, it takes it out of you. A lot of your time you spend traveling. Um, whereas in Hong Kong, your furthest game now is in China, which is four hours. But apart from that, it's an hour away to Taipo or Yunlong. So it's not very far. So um, I'm always one to stay busy outside of football and like working on, on things for life after football. Um, and knowing that, you know, I love my football, enjoy the competition, I enjoy playing it. But it's not the only thing that consumes my life, which is nice. So Hong Kong, being an international city, it is finance hub of the world. Um, I'm able to, to do a lot of extra things on the side outside of football, which is nice. And, and one thing I really like about being here. So you've been here for essentially as long as the Premier League has been mm -hmm. the Premier League. Is there much changed over that time or is it a little bit too early for that? Um, I think now one of the one of the main changes I would say now that they have 10 teams rather than you know more teams, it doesn't dilute the talent. Um, obviously, Hong Kong being a, a small place population-wise, um, 
as far as your statistics go, you're only going to have and be able to afford to have so many teams at a certain standard. Um, so having anything more than 10 teams, well, effectively it's nine teams from Hong Kong, obviously one from China. So anything more than nine teams from Hong Kong, you're starting to dilute that talent. Um, and then you get to the stage where you're having games where you'll turn up and you know you're going to win. Um, and it's just, it's not as competitive. So since they've transitioned to the nine teams, I think the competition level um, has increased a lot. You don't have those uh, walkover games where you just turn up and you're expected to win. Every game's going to be a fight. It's going to be competitive. Um, and you have a lot more upsets, which you'll see, um, you would have seen from the results last season. And I'm sure will continue uh, into this season, which is great and what you want. Because at the end of the day, you don't want a, a one-team or a two-team league where there's a massive discrepancy from any other team. So it's nice for competition-wise. And so you said, you know, you're looking at third in the league as a kind of, as a good place to aim. Who, who else do you see in the mix? I mean, of course, Kichi are favourites for the for the title. They have been for the past few seasons. But who else do you think is in the mix up there? As far as up top, it's as you said, obviously, it's going to be Kichi. Um, Pegasus had a good season last year. Taipo had a good season last year. Um, Eastern, obviously, were not um, performing how I'm sure they would have been expected to. Um, so you would expect them to bounce back this season and have a better season than they did last year. Um, so those are probably your four teams that are going to be, you know, right up there at the top. Um, but still, with that being said, you have your Lee Mans who are going to go out and shock people. Um, your Yu Longs who won a cup last year, which, uh, you know, some could say it came out of, it was slightly unexpected, which it may have been, but it just goes to show you at the end of the day, when it comes to a game, anyone can, can take the three points on that day. Um, so there'll be a good mix of, of how things go. And also, obviously, the Chinese team who have spent quite a considerable amount of money on new signings, that could go one of two ways. You don't know. They could have an unbelievable season or, you know, things might not be run as they would have expected it to and the results aren't um, flowing as they would have liked. So another one, again, that can upset teams on a day. But as far as consistency throughout the season, you, you never know. And so next up, for you, I believe, is Yun Long. Yep. It'll be a few days after this interview is published. Oh, how, how, are you confident about that game? Is there anyone you're a bit worried about? Or? So no, i, I got to give a score prediction. You can. <laughs> oh, yeah, great. <laughs> no, I get um, No, Yun Long, it's going to be a tough game. It's it's For us, it's a derby. It's it's another... Um, they used to be sponsored by the bus, so it used to be the bus derby. The battle of the buses, uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, of course, it's going to be a tough game. Um, as we're expecting for most of the games to go through. So it's usually a battle. Um, it's going to be at their pitch. So it's it's an away game, but as far as you can consider an away game can be. Um, obviously, we're going in confident that we can get the job done, but knowing in order to do so, we have to be able to take care of business on our end and be able to produce what we need to. Um, I think if we play well, if we perform and compete like we need to, we should come out with three points. I wish you good luck. Thank you very much. <laughs> the Hong Kong Football Podcast comes out every two weeks, dropping on each second Wednesday. Make sure you never miss our latest show by subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Okay, we still haven't mentioned those Senior Shield first round matches. Take our wing. 
was the hero for Dreams at the Moncock Stadium against Pegasus, making two saves in the penalty shootout. The game had ended one all with both goals from headers from Walter Jr. early on for Pegasus and Nacho Martinez late on for Dreams. Nacho had a good week. And while it was a good day for Ser in goal, it was a bad one for Sasaki Shu, who hit a penalty against the bar in extra time, then had a penalty saved by the young keeper during the shootout. They also saved from Rosenkolev, and Dreams won the shootout 4-2, and will play Kichi in the next round. A good day for young Sega Wing. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe a new national goalkeeper in the making at some point. <laughs> it's not a total <laughs> free-for-all. <laughs> <laughs> All bets are off. Taipo will play Southern in the next round after a 5-0 win over Hoi King. Hat-trick for Harry Sawyer on his first start. Two nice headers and one strike lashed in from the near post. Goals also from Eduardo Preas and Philip Chan Seo Kwan. Good start for Sawyer. Yeah, absolutely. His first game and immediately a hat-trick. He had quite a presence up front, uh, especially dangerous with headers and diving headers are very dynamic. And I think particularly looking ahead to the AFC Cup, having an Australian striker like this is, is a great plus. He's just 21 still as well. So, you know, something to look forward to. In general, you remember so far we have only seen Hoiking for one game. I do have been there at Salvan. Mm-hmm. But at that time, it didn't look so obvious because the pitch situations were not that great. And Salvan also struggled to really control the game. Now, I think for this game, you could really see the difference in level. Level, and it was a complete one-sided traffic for the for the entire 90 minutes. The typo dominated the game, dominated possession. Hoiking just really wanted to get lucky with some kind of counter-attacks, but basically nothing happened on the other side. And it, it reminded me more of the season of HKFC uh, two years ago, when they really had a hard time in terms of reaching a professional level, and Hoiking looks like that uh, so they will have a very hard season ahead it's it's admirable that they play a lot of young players right that otherwise wouldn't get the time on the pitch but there's certainly what i've seen in this game relegation candidate number one so does that mean we maybe shouldn't read too much into the hat-trick for Soya, given the opponents i mean he didn't even start on tuesday against dream well i still think it's a good showing but yeah hopefully he can prove himself against better opponents very soon as well in the premier league and yeah they should face some <laughs> very soon anyway it's a busy weekend coming up rnf play pegasus at the yanzigang stadium that's a 2.30 on Saturday. Maybe Pegasus can take the new high-speed rail line. Oh, so we're going to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Only as a convenient means of transportation. We're not going into the politics of this. Right, day. right. But to be honest, I think for Yantegang Stadium, the high-speed rail actually makes sense. It doesn't make so much sense for visiting a Guangzhou Evergrande game or going to the east of Guangzhou, but Yantegang is not far from the south station where all these trains are going, so it maybe makes sense. And maybe also for all the Hong Kong players who now play for RNF that they can commute every day mm. back and forth so you can wait outside the train station to get your autographs every day <laughs> after 6 p.m. We're once again verging into Hong Kong transport podcast oh, territory. Yeah. <laughs> but some very useful information as regards getting to Yanji Gang Stadium. It's RNF's first match since they lost 3-2 to Eastern. Remember that was with two goals in the 90th and 95th minute that they ceded their 2-1 lead. They're probably still angry but they Look good in that match. Pegasus not only going out of the Senior Shield last week, but they lost to Taipo in the league last time out. This, of course, is RNF coach Young Ching Kwong going up against his former side. He's always going up against his former sides. He is often right? going up against his former sides. 
and he tends to get sent to the stands when he plays them. So let's let's see if he can stay for the 90 minutes in his own dugout. Well, the stands in Yantagak Stadium are not that impressive <laughs> anyway. So he has to stand out in the street and watch from there. <laughs> Leung Nong Hang as well, the RNF centre-back, will be going up against his former teammates at Pegasus. Will they get three points? RNF, you mean? Yes. Could be. (laughs) Thanks. Incisive football journalism from Tobias Tuesday. Here comes the expertise. (laughs) Though I think they're the favourites to certainly uh, win the game. Uh, Pegasus so far haven't been that convincing. I feel that Pedro Garcia tries to experiment a lot still. Uh, The defence is not that convincing. With Chanjuki having to take up this new role at left back. Strangely, in the senior shield, right, he made this decision to take off Huawei Mir in the like, 70s when they were like 1 0 up. Strangely, it reminded me of a bit of Yang Ching Kwong's quite conservative approach last season against Taipo when they started to go in, in complete defense with just still 20 minutes on the clock and then it came back. <laughs> and it, this also happened now under Pedro Garcia. So I, I have more confidence in Yang Ching Kwong in this case to really have his team prepared for this game properly. He knows Pegasus, he knows the opponent very well. And I think that all the players are hungry to make up for this first quite traumatic loss that he had. <laughs> and they also look good in that game, right? You know, uh, Thiago Delionco in particular looked great. Even Lam Jigin looked better than he did for Kichi. Players like Baiher and Tanchal Nok have added a certain amount of solidity to that midfield. Uh, I assume they'll be without Lo Kuan Yi, who's still needs to save a suspension for that uh, second yellow and red card he got against Eastern. After that, Hoi King will play Lee Man 2.30pm at the Sham Shui Po Sports Ground on Sunday. Neither team has a point yet from this season. Something's got to give. You didn't seem too impressed by Hoi King against Tai Po. Which of these teams will have a point by the end of this game? Or will it be both? That is also an option. It could be both, but I feel that Lehman now are more and more under pressure. There were great expectations on them so far this season. Of course, they had a quite difficult start with Kichi, but then the loss to Yun Long was, I think, quite surprising. And now they have also the same situation as Hoi King. Zero points yep. down there on the table, but honestly, the expectations were not like that, right? Given the resources they put in there, they have to win against Hoi King. So a little bit of pressure there. Hopefully they live up to this. Still, clear favorites for me are Lehman Shift. No doubt about that. And you're right, the pressure is on for them and uh, they could really do with this result. Finally, it's the used to be but is no longer the battle of the buses between Yunlong and Southern. Yeah, that's a shame, no? Yeah, it was some good PR. Yeah. We can still call it a district team derby, but it's not quite It's quite boring. We have to think about this. (laughs) Any proposals you can send in? (laughs) Well, it's a long-distance derby. It's about as far away as you can get from two places in Hong Kong. Uh, of course, R&F don't help that because they're in Guangzhou. But The long-distance derby. <laughs> <laughs> the north versus the south. Anyway, this is happening at the Yulong Stadium, way up north, 5.30 on Sunday. Shea Spitz sounded confident when he spoke to us, and Southern look good. They've got six points. They're still top of the league. But then again, Yulong have a draw and a win so far, recently beating Lee Man 2-0, as you just mentioned. The young Chan Kwong Ho has two goals in two. So does the new signing Diego Moser. Could be an interesting game. How will it end? Certainly a good game. Not as exciting as the match of the week, Lee Man versus Hoi King. Nope. This is where you can figure out who really loves local football. <laughs> but no, I think in Yunlong Stadium, usually good games there between district teams. You can see like the kind of rivalry a little bit coming out there because... It's a very local fan community behind you long. The Southern fans are also coming all the way with the buses. <laughs> it's 
still with buses. Altogether, I feel Sauron is still the favorites in this game. Yun Long, as you mentioned several times already, they don't have anymore a very strong side on paper, although they proved some of the teams already wrong. But Sauron really look very good. Uh, very organized. First time, I think, in a couple of years that they really have a good start into the season as well. And hopefully they can keep this momentum. And yeah, I, I would still back Salvan for this game. What about you? Could be interesting. Yeah, I, I, I agree. They're likely to win this game. New signings look good. And yeah, it would be interesting to see them go nine points from three games. And yeah, like you say, I actually make a good start to a league season for once. Oh, and there's the Community Cup match, 5.30pm Saturday, Moncock. It's between Kitchi and Taipo. <laughs> it's, well, it's, a, it's a friendly <laughs> I, it's the first trophy of the year you could make it much more exciting oh, oh, if you, sorry should you hype this man. up a little bit okay <laughs> community cup 530 kitschy versus typo who will win the most pointless trophy of the season okay so finally you acknowledge the sapling cup <laughs> <laughs> the second most pointless trophy of the season yeah, I, I sorry, I I didn't realize that I should have discussed this with you earlier. But yeah, I, I don't really I don't mind because Kichi when they tend not to put out a strong side for these games. I think this year it's not really that they have much of an option because the squad is smaller, so they will still have like a, a pretty good side out there. That's true, and I think maybe it gives us an idea of how close Taipo are to Kichi in this this season. So I'm looking forward to. I'm there, certainly there. There are a couple of friendly games like youth games before the main match as well because it's all hosted and sponsored by the Chockey Club so it's almost a whole day out if you want oh, make a day of it but take, you don't want right <laughs> well you <laughs> know just run away <laughs> I think it'll be fun game I, I think you're right I just don't really see that it matters who wins that's, that's what I'm saying <laughs> yeah I stand by that Okay, I think that's everything for this edition. We'll be back in two weeks, just ahead of Hong Kong's friendly with Thailand. We'll be going into a bit more depth about new coach Gary White, what might happen in this new chapter for the representative team. Between now and then, there's another full weekend of Premier League fixtures that we haven't even mentioned. So get down to the stadium, support your local game. Until October the 10th, we have been the Hong Kong Football Podcast. Take care. Hope your team wins. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Like That's a place for